Thank you for listening to the Valley Point Church podcast. We are currently in the series, Flaw Faith, a delightful series on how not to be. We hope it's a blessing. Well, good morning. Welcome to Valley Point Church. My name is Ben, and I'm one of the pastors here, and would just like to say thank you for being here. And for those of you who may be watching us on live stream on Facebook, good morning to you, and thank you for joining us from wherever you might be today. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this series that we've been in. This is week eight of Blah Faith, and we've been talking about how we can avoid having a blah or a boring kind of faith. And we've seen that Jesus had a faith that was anything but blah. It was lively, and it was adventurous, and even dangerous at times, but it was always compelling to those who were around him. And so our hope is that our faith is also compelling and inviting and interesting to those who surround us. And to help us think about our conversation for today, here's our big idea. So if you want a blah faith, a boring faith, then don't read your Bible. And I know that sounds very simplistic, right? Because everyone knows that good Christians do a few primary things, right? We go to church, we pray, and we read the Bible. This even makes sense to to non-Christians because they would say, okay, if you say you believe in Jesus, then obviously you should read about him, know who he was, what he taught and what he wants from you. And so it just makes sense. But I want to move away from just the, the simplicity of reading the Bible. I want to go a little bit deeper and ask some questions. Why is it so important for us to read the Bible? And is it? Because the simple act of reading words on the paper can actually do nothing for us at times. I mean, people read the Bible all of the time, and some have read the Bible and have found no spiritual awakening, no great epiphany. Some have even read the Bible and have found little comfort in it. So then what is it about this book that makes it so uniquely special that some can read it and it completely transforms the way they see Everything, life, meaning, death, eternity, how we reconcile sickness and suffering in the world. And some of the most ancient philosophical questions to humanity becomes clearer and clearer. So how can this be? How does this happen? And I think in order to answer that question, I'm going to pose Three more questions. So these, I think, are fundamental questions that we need to ask and answer for ourselves about the Bible. So question number one, is the Bible really God's word? Is it really God's words? Is the Bible trustworthy? And is the Bible relevant for us today in our culture, in our society? Is it even relevant for us today? And I believe that how we answer those three questions profoundly impact how we prioritize reading the Bible, how we view reading the Bible, and what we can even get from reading the Bible. And so to help us think through 
these three questions, we're going to be looking at a paragraph in Scripture. It's a letter. It's written by the Apostle Paul, who we'll hear a little bit about in just a moment. And it's written to a man named Timothy. And this paragraph of Scripture is going to address all three of these questions. And we know a few things about Timothy. So Timothy was from Lystra. It would be our modern-day Turkey. And Timothy was also raised by his mother and his grandmother. We're not told what happened to his father or where he was, but his mother and his grandmother were godly women, and they taught him Scripture from a very early age. So they instilled in him and prepared him for life with the Bible. And we also know that the Apostle Paul, who was one of the very earliest, most influential church leaders at the beginning of the church in general, he met Timothy in Timothy's hometown as, as, as Timothy was a very young man. And so the church sort of was established in Jerusalem and they saturated Jerusalem with the message of Jesus. So then it needed to spread further than that. And so the church would commission different individuals like Paul to go on missionary journeys. And so Paul would travel around the whole Mediterranean area from city to city, and he would preach, and he would make new followers of Jesus, and then he would set up leadership in that town and establish a church. So once all of that was functioning, he could move on to the next city, to the next city. Didn't always work out in every city he went into, but that was the general idea for what he would do. And so this was his second missionary journey. So he meets Timothy. And Timothy, even as a young man, had a reputation in his town, a great reputation, so much so that Paul was so impressed that he invited Timothy to join him on his missionary journey. And so now Paul becomes Timothy's mentor. And then later we discover that Paul, or that Timothy, is placed as the pastor of a large influential church in a city called Ephesus. And so this is where we pick up. So Paul is now writing to Timothy a letter. Timothy is now a little bit older. He's been commissioned as a pastor to this church in Ephesus. And Paul's writing this letter from prison. Paul didn't break any laws to be placed in prison. He was put there because he was preaching about Jesus. And he was telling about how Jesus came and he was the Messiah and the Savior of sins and he was crucified. And then he was raised from the dead. He, he was, spoke about the resurrection. And so Rome didn't like that message. And so they would put Paul in prison. They didn't want to put him to death for a while. They just wanted to imprison him so he couldn't preach. And this had happened to him many times. But many scholars believe this was... Paul's time. And Paul knew that this was it for him. He wasn't going to get out this time. He was going to be put to death. And he knew he had to do something to carry on the calling that God had put him on. And so now he's preparing Timothy. And many believe that Timothy at this time, just just by what we find in this letter, was having a bit of of crisis in his own faith in regards to Scripture. And perhaps he was having some doubts about the Bible, and he was having a very difficult time getting his church, his faith community, to respect and prioritize the Bible. And so here we find Paul in prison writing one of his final letters to his mentee, 
Timothy. And so in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14, we pick up. He says, But you, Timothy, must remain faithful to the things that you have been taught. You know they are true. You know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So here, Paul is helping Timothy and encouraging Timothy and the church to reevaluate how they viewed Scripture, how they read the Bible, and how they emphasized the Bible in their faith community. So let's go back to those early questions that we posed about the Bible at the beginning of our talk. So is the Bible really God's Word? So we need to wrestle with that question. Here's what Paul lays out. And in these verses, these short verses, Paul lays out an all-out doctrine of the Bible, the truths about the Bible. And so one of the phrases he uses, he says, all Scripture is inspired by God. And it's widely accepted that this is literally what Paul was communicating. This was his original intent for putting this phrase in his letter. And this phrase means literally breathed out by God or God breathed. And so here's how John MacArthur puts it. He says, sometimes God told the Bible writers the exact words to say, but more often he used their minds and vocabularies and experiences to produce his own perfect, infallible, inerrant word. So we can say when the Bible speaks... God speaks. So Paul's taking his cue from Jesus when he's writing this. Because when Jesus was here on earth, there's all sorts of controversy surrounding his teachings, why he was here, what he was doing, even by his own followers. And so one of the things that was being spread around was that now that Jesus was here, we can take all the Old Testament scriptures, the Bible that they had at that time, and we can kind of do away with that. The laws of Moses... We can do away with the teachings of the prophets because now we have Jesus. And so Jesus hears this and he addresses it. And it's recorded for us by one of his disciples, Matthew. And in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17, Jesus says, Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law, the Bible, will disappear until its purpose is achieved. This must have been kind of confusing because it's like, okay, Jesus, aren't you the purpose of what this is all supposed to be achieving? Well, in a way, yes, but Jesus is saying, not really. I'm fulfilling what the Old Testament has pointed to, but there's yet more to be written. There's more to be fulfilled to come. So, what about our second question? Is the Bible trustworthy? Well, Jesus 
affirms it. Jesus says, yes, it is trustworthy. And then Paul comes back later and reminds Timothy, these are the teachings that prepared your heart to hear the message of Jesus. You know they are true. You know you can trust those who have taught you. These are the words that have been placed inside of your heart, breathed into you by God so that you could recognize the truth of Jesus. Because the, the Bible that they had at that time, the Old Testament writings, it all talked about and pointed toward a coming Messiah, a coming person that would be the Savior. But they didn't know when he was coming. They didn't know what he looked like. They didn't know his name. But when Jesus came, Timothy was ready. He had Scripture, the Bible, placed inside of his heart, and it cleared his mind to see that Jesus was the Messiah and led him to the salvation that Jesus brought. By the way, the Bible does the same thing for us. The Old Testament all points to a coming Savior, Messiah, Jesus. And then the New Testament all points back to a, a Jesus that did come and is the Messiah. So everything in the Bible points to Jesus. Which brings us to our first unique quality of the Bible that benefits us. Because after all, if I'm going to put time aside, if I'm going to put effort into, if I'm going to adjust my schedule and prioritize something, it needs to benefit me, right? Are you the same way? If you're going to take time out of your schedule and, and, and make something a priority, there has to be a benefit. So here's one of the benefits. The Bible leads us to clarity. Perhaps today or Maybe you've gone through this before, but you've had a crisis of faith. You're just not sure anymore. The best way to get through a season like that in your life is by reading the Bible. Or perhaps there's just been a decision that's unclear to you. Maybe it's in your career life, maybe a job choice, maybe it's a college choice. Perhaps you've been in a season where you're trying to navigate some scary waters with a child and you're trying to get them back on the right path and you're just not sure how to guide them. Maybe your marriage has been stuck in a rut or worse. Or maybe it's a, a financial hardship or health scare. There's just all this uncertainty and there's just no clarity at how do I go about getting myself through this? The bad news is sometimes we can't get ourselves through this, but the good news is there is a tool that benefits us that can get us through. By reading the Bible, it brings clarity. Maybe you have found yourself in a spiritually dark place, far away from the actions and the activities that you know God wants for you. And you've drifted to a place where you just don't even know how you got where you are. And it's scary. And it's daunting to think, how do I get back to where I need to be? Go to, go to the Bible. Because the Bible brings clarity. See, we shouldn't read the Bible just because we're supposed to or because it makes us a good Christian. It really doesn't. But Timothy, or Paul writes to Timothy and says, it's useful to teach us what is true. 
So it's the application of Scripture that's helpful. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. See, God wants us to benefit from reading the Bible. These are His words breathed into our lives to help us find clarity, not confusion. Confusion? That comes from the enemy. The devil, Satan himself, it's one of his best tools to get us off track because he doesn't want us to just choose from a clearly right moral decision, from a clearly wrong moral decision. That's easy. He wants to muddy the waters to the point where we just aren't even sure what the right thing is to do. And we don't have the discernment on our own. We just don't. And that's where the Bible comes into play. It gives us that discernment because we can justify just about anything and make it seem all right in our own minds. We're really good at it. It's easy. It's really easy. And sin can get us to a point where we just never thought we would end up. The world's too complicated. Our emotions are too complex to deal with this on our own. We, we can't discern right from wrong on our own. Not anymore. It's never been more difficult for our middle schoolers, for our high school students to discern what's right and what's wrong. For our college students, it's never been more daunting, more confusing to determine what, what's right anymore. This is where we can use some help, and we need a healthy dose of the Bible to help us discern, to help us see clearly, because the Bible doesn't want to constrain us. It doesn't want to give us a bunch of rules to keep us from having fun. It wants to free us to live a better life, a more fulfilled life, to save us from devastation. It wants to save us from broken relationships that don't need to break, from crippling regrets that don't need to happen, regrets that keep us from moving forward in our lives. That's what the Bible does. It's great news for us. It's a great benefit. The Bible helps us to see clearly, and it refreshes our souls. Anybody need a good old-fashioned soul refreshment today? <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds pretty good to me. There's a wonderful psalm, a poem in Scripture. And I'm sure most of you have heard this. It comes from Psalm chapter 23, and it may not be the translation that you're used to hearing. But just take these words in. The Lord is my shepherd, and I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Wow, that sounds good. He guides me along the right paths. See, Scripture is here to help us, to help us discern, to find knowledge, direction, to see clearly, to be refreshed. And then the second unique quality the Bible provides for us is that the Bible reveals what God is like. And don't miss this. Don't miss this. It reveals what God is like. The simple fact that we even have the Bible is proof of a few things about God. It's proof that 
He's a loving God. It's proof that He's engaged with us. It's proof that He loves us and knows us. And it's proof that He wants us to know Him. I mean, that's a relationship. This is anything but blah. So if you're reading your Bible and you're bored with it, maybe you need to reevaluate a few things. Because this is what God is revealing himself through. And that word reveal or revelation simply means this. It's God communicated to mankind what he is like and how we can have a right relationship with him. So theologian Dr. Elmer Towns puts it this way. Revelation. It's an act whereby God unveils himself to his people. He shows us what he is like, what his nature is like, what his character is like. And if you take a strictly theological approach to the Bible, so there is the study of the Bible. It's called bibliology. And as you study the Bible, the Bible tells us of a number of different ways that God reveals himself to us. And it breaks down into two primary categories. There's general revelation and special revelation. So in general revelation, we have nature. So God's creation reveals a creator to us. And God intends that to happen. It points to a creator. We also have our conscience. So the Bible teaches us that there is something placed inside of us that makes us aware of God, a creator God. Through our senses, we can know that there is a God. And then there's history. So we can look back at biblical history and secular history and see how God has interacted with his creation, with mankind. So that's all general revelation. And then he's revealed himself through some special revelation. Primarily, the the most profound way was through Jesus Christ, God's son. God in the flesh came down to reveal what God is like And how he wants us to act while we're here on earth. And how we're supposed to act in our relationships. How to treat others and how to love others. So God revealed himself through his son, Jesus. And he reveals himself through the Bible. It's our best tangible way. We can hold it. We can read it. We can study it. And we can know God through reading it. I mean, this is profound. God answers some of the most ancient philosophical questions in Scripture. Why am I here? Why do we exist at all? Where did all of this come from? What happens after death? Again, anything but blah. This stuff is very cool. And benefit from it benefit from learning about God and knowing him because the better we know him, the better we can respond to his greatness and the deeper our relationship with him can go. So the Bible leads us to clarity. It leads us to knowledge, to understanding, to wisdom, to truth, and ultimately to Jesus and to salvation. And I would encourage you, if you've never taken that step, if You've never trusted in Jesus alone to save you. I'd encourage you to do that. Cry out to him today the very best that you know how. 
God, I put my trust in your son, Jesus. I, I don't know everything there is to know about this, but all I know is I need him in my life and I trust in him and his work on the cross. And I want him to be the leader and savior of my life. If you're not quite ready to take that big of a step, well, then I would encourage you with an open mind and an open heart, just read the Bible and just see. Just see what God reveals to you through his breathed words. Just see what happens. Are you in need of refreshment today? A soul refreshing? Are you in need of clarity in a decision in a path of life in any way? The Bible leads us to clarity. And to answer that third question we posed, is the Bible relevant to us today? If I can find clarity in life, a little more clarity when making decisions, I'm in. I'm all for it. That's relevant to me. If it can help me know how to lead my family well and be a better husband and a great father and to know how to guide my kids down the path and and know how and when to help them along their path, sign me up. That sounds great to me because I need all the help I can get. So the Bible leads us to clarity. And the Bible reveals what God is like to us. And then Paul ends his paragraph to Timothy with a statement. He says, God uses it, the Bible, to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Also translates, he equips his people to be capable of doing anything God has called us to do. And when I read this, I I couldn't help but think about the unique season that God has our faith community in. In just a few short weeks, you see this number over here, number 17 up on the truss right there. There's 17 Sundays until we move into our new home. We have a permanent home that's being built less than a mile down the road on Bethel Road. It's a wonderful tool that God has generously blessed us with to serve our community. Are you ready for that? Yeah? I've been asking myself that question. Am I ready for what's coming? And to be honest with you, through preparing and thinking through all of what we've discussed today, I've had a conviction inside of me, and and I'm not sure that I am quite ready. I'm not. Because I don't think I've been prioritizing God's Word like I should. And I don't want to miss out on something greater that God has for me because I've just failed to prioritize something that he wants me to benefit from. And I'm not saying God's limited by my reading of the Bible. He's not limited by anything. He can do whatever he wants through anyone he wants. But I don't want it to not be me because I didn't prioritize something that I should have. I don't want to miss clarity in, in, a, in the right decision that I should have made or a, a better decision with my family. I want clarity. And I'm not sure if we're ready as a faith community. If we're not prioritizing Scripture 
in our individual lives, here on Sundays, of course, but even in our day-to-day lives. Like how much, how much are we breathing God's living words into our hearts, into our minds, and renewing our minds to see clearly, to know what's the next big thing that God has for Valley Point Church. And I want to take a moment just to invite you to an upcoming event. It's a real home candlelight prayer event. It's going to be occurring in just a couple of weeks. We're going to meet at the new facility in the shell. It's not going to be finished. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be beautiful. And we're going to meet together and we're going to pray and we're going to sing and we're going to worship and thank God for where he has brought us as a faith community. And I would encourage you, if, if you can at all make plans to be there, if there is something you can cancel to be there, please get your family there because who knows how many more opportunities like this we're going to have, especially before we move in. There's not going to be very many. And what we're going to do is we're going to ask you in the weeks leading up to be thinking about who is it you want to sit beside you in this new facility At Valley Point Church, who's not currently here? Is there an individual? Is there a family member? Is there a coworker, a friend from school, someone who you interact with in the community? Who is it that you need to invite to be beside you? And then you'll have the opportunity to take a marker and put their name or their family's name right on the floor that's going to be underneath our main stage. It's going to be there forever. And these are the names of the people who have not yet even thought about coming to Valley Point Church, but they're going to. They're going to hear a message about a saving Jesus who they desperately need, and they're going to join our journey at Valley Point Church. So be there for that. It'll be a great night. And then I want to end with just one last thought, one takeaway for us today, and that's this. Just wrestle with the questions that we discussed. Just wrestle with that. Because I I believe that everyone has to land on one side or the other of these. Is the Bible God's word? It's important. You need to come to a conclusion on that at some point. Is the Bible trustworthy? And is the Bible relevant for you today? Do you need it? Is it beneficial for you? And I believe if you land on yes to all of those three questions, we can't help but be compelled to read it, to study it, to know it, and to obey it. Let's read the Bible. Let's be drawn to clarity, better decision-making, better relationship decisions. And let's read the Bible so we can know God and learn how to respond to Him and know how to deepen our relationship with Him. Would you pray with me? God, thank You for the time that You have blessed us with today. Thank You for those who are here and those who are listening, those who will listen later. Just put a blessing on our families. Surround us. Keep us safe. And for those dealing with a very difficult time right now, I ask for a special blessing for them. Encourage them. Breathe your living life. Refresh their souls. For those who have never 
cross the line of faith in Jesus, I pray that you would make that so clear to them today that they can't help but ask him to be the leader of their life. For those of us who have done that, but just aren't prioritizing the right things in life enough, I pray that you would reveal those things like you have said you will do. That you'll reveal those things and you will guide us on the right paths. Pray for our young attenders that you'd begin like Timothy to instill your truth inside of them so that when the time comes they see they trust again protect our families give us a a great rest of this day and help us to come refreshed next Sunday as we continue this summer series. Thank you for being God. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he is a a rock that we can rely on and hold on to regardless of what life brings. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.